Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. We understand and we saw that Eden was God's first dwelling place on earth. And where the presence of God is, that is where the temple is. That's a place of communion. That's a place of fellowship. That's a place of contact. That is the place where men and women meet with God. Therefore, Eden, and indeed the whole creation, was a type of sanctuary. Eden was a temple garden. And God did decide in the Old Testament to put his presence and to put his name in a structure called the Tent of Moses or in the structure called the Temple of Solomon, which later was destroyed. And then we have the Temple of Zerubbabel, which Herod then beautified. That is true. But those buildings, those buildings, those structures, they are true temple of God only to the degree to which the name of God or the presence of God still dwells in that building. And we see example, obviously, like I said, in the tent of Moses and the temple of Solomon. Let's read that. Let's read a couple of scripture to, to look into this. So Exodus chapter 40, verses 1 and 2, and then we jump down to verse 33. This is the temple, the tent of Moses. And the Lord speak unto Moses, saying, on the first day of the first month shall thou set up the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. So that gives us a background to the story we are going to read. This was when they set up the tabernacle of Moses, the tent of Moses, the tabernacle of God. And after they put in all the structure and things like that, verse 33, and he, Moses, reared up the court around about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finish the work. Now, what I want you to see is what happened in verse 34. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the temples, the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode their own and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken off from over the tabernacle, then the children of Israel went onward in all their journey. You'll see that what mark this building what marks this tabernacle out as the temple of god is this presence of god that here is represented by the cloud let's look at the story during the temple that solomon built first king chapter 8 verses 10 to 11 this was after solomon has completed building the temple we have the same experience just like we did in the time of moses First Kings chapter 8, verse 10 and 11. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord has filled the house of the Lord. For the glory of the Lord has filled the house of the Lord. That is what marked those building out to be the temple of God the presence of God, the glory of God. So it is very important for us to understand that it is the name of God and the presence of God in this building that mark them out, isn't it, as the temple of God. And that is what we saw in 
the Garden of Eden. That is the point here, that the Garden of Eden was a temple garden because the presence of God was there, the name of God was there, the glory of God was there, and that is where God comes to fellowship with his people, to fellowship with Adam and Eve. We can contrast this, like we said last time, to what happened during the time of Eli, and during the time of our Lord Jesus Christ, yes, the building was still there, but it was no more really the temple of God. It was no more the tabernacle of God because the presence of God was gone. During the time of Eli, like Phinehas' wife said, the glory has departed. It was Ichabod. You know, the children of Eli, they were sons of Belial. They are sons of the devil. They were, they were, they were polluting, you know, the house of the Lord and their father, Eli, couldn't control them. And during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have liberals that have rose up to the rank of priests and high priests. Like the Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 and 13, they have turned the house of God into grottos, into den of thieves, into cave of thieves. They've turned the house of God into resort center. So this is this is this is what was happening in, 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 in the time of Eli and in the time of our Lord Jesus Christ to the temple. So what we are saying here is what we are establishing is that this is what marked out the temple, and this is what we see when we follow the tr- storyline in the book of Genesis. It we saw all the marks of sanctuary and all the marks of the temple in the garden in Eden. So we are going to also look today at some more pointers to Eden as a temple, just like we saw in the time of the Israelites. So just like a temple, Eden was a place, obviously, of unique presence of God. And we saw that. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 says that, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. I mean, obviously, we are going to move on to that in the next chapter. This was after they have sinned. But what I want you to see here is the fact that the Bible says that the presence of God was in the garden. They had the voice of the Lord walking, and the Bible says they hid themselves from the presence of God. Walking, that word used there for walking means to walk about. It is the same Hebrew verbal form that is used to describe God's presence in the tabernacle. So the walking there is actually the same word that is used when we talk about the presence of God in the tabernacle. For example, Leviticus chapter 26 verse 12, and I will walk among you and will be your God and you shall be my people. So when the Bible says that they had the voice of God walking in the garden, remember that these terms is the same time that is used to describe God's presence in the tabernacle. And that is why the Bible says that they hid themselves from the presence of God. So Eden was a place of unique presence of God, just like other temple. Number two, Adam's task was that of a priest. We are looking at other pointers that help us to understand and to know that Eden was a temple. This is a garden temple. So the task of Adam is exactly the task of the priest. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it 
and to keep it. Now, those two words are really very, very, very important. To dress means to till and to cultivate. To keep means to keep it. Now, these two words, to dress and to keep, that is the same two words that is used to describe the task of Levitical priests in the book of Numbers, chapter 8, verses 26, I mean, verses 25 and 26. Let's have a read of that. Numbers, chapter 8, verses 25 and 26. And from the age of 50, and by the way, here he's talking about the priest. And from the age of 50 years, they shall cease to wait upon the service thereof and shall serve no more, but shall minister with their brethren in the tabernacle of the congregation to keep the charge and to do no service. Thus shall thou do unto the Levite touching their charge. Now, obviously, this is talking about the, the, the instruction God gave to Levi when they reach a starting age, then they have to withdraw from a searching service. But this verse tells us the services of the priest. He said to keep and to do, to keep and to do. And those are the same word that is used for the service that Adam actually do in the garden. So the task of Adam in the garden of Eden point to that of a priest. So we are looking at some other pointer. Some of these things we've gone through before, but we are looking at some other pointers that shows us that Eden is a temple garden. Now, the entrance, another point, the entrance of Eden faced east. When we read Genesis chapter 3 verse 24, when God drove out the man, Genesis chapter 3 verse 24, so he drove out the man and a place at the east of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. I know we kept banging into the next chapter, but what I want you to see here is just like any other temple, the the entrance to Eden actually faced the east. And when you compare that to Ezekiel chapter 40 verses, which I'm not going to read, you and when you compare that also to the instruction that were given to when the temples are built in the Old Testament, you will see that it's following the same pattern that we see here in the Garden of Eden. The entrance of Eden faced east. Now, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil parallel the Ark of Covenant in the temple. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil parallel the Ark of Covenant in the tabernacle and in the temple. Now you understand that the Ark of Covenant, the, what was in that Ark actually was this, the, 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 the thing that the children of Israel did that they were not supposed to do. It was the, the, the what will we call it now, we talk about the mark, the evidence of their rebellion was actually in that Ark of the Covenant. Now, God told the Adam and Eve, in this particular case, don't do it. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there's a sense, not in all sense, there's a sense in which this tree of the knowledge of good and evil parallel the Ark of Covenant in the tabernacle. Not in the sense of it representing the presence of God, no. In the sense of the fact that the Ark contained the rebellion and the sin of the people. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is, God was warning Adam and Eve and telling them, don't eat of this, obviously we know. In the second chapter, we'll see that they did eat of it, unfortunately. The next point, sacrifice. Before Adam and Eve were evicted from Eden after the fall, a sacrifice took place. 
you need to understand that blood was shed in Eden. I mean, obviously, that was because this was after they have sinned, okay? So there was sacrifice, just like you have sacrifices in the temple. Sacrifices form a major part of Israel's temple ritual. Just like that, we actually see sacrifice in Eden. Blood was shed in Eden. That was because Adam and Eve sinned. So before they were evicted from the Garden of Eden, that was after the fall, a sacrifice took place. Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. Unto Adam and also to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothed them. Coats of skin. And the only way God could have gotten those skin of the animal will have been to sacrifice the animal. Now, the Garden of Eden was a sacred place. We mentioned that. The Garden of Eden was a sacred place. It was God's temple. It was God's holy of holies. The Garden of Eden was a sacred place. The Garden of Eden was God's holy of holies because God created it and God put his name in that garden. God's presence was there. And because the Garden of Eden was sacred, because the Garden of Eden was holy of holy, when the man and the woman sin, God has to cast them out of the temple. God has to drive them out of the garden. God casted them out of the garden. God will cast out those that profane the temple so that it remains sacred. And that was exactly what the Lord Jesus did. Isn't it in the temple? He went, the Bible said, he made a whip and he casted out those people that were buying and selling. He overturned the table of the money changer because my house, the Lord Jesus said, shall shall be called the house of prayers and you have made it the den of thieves. And finally, because this whole creation actually is God's temple, that was what God made it to be. In the beginning, finally, at the end of all things, God is going to drive out sin and rebellion and wickedness from creation itself. Yes, the creation is groaning in pain, in sin at the moment. But at the end, when God created the new heaven and the new earth, the Bible says it makes all things good. God will cast out those that profane his temple. He will cast them out. And that is what we are going to see even at the end of the world. Okay, so these are some of the things that point out to us of the fact that Eden was a temple. Praise the Lord. So we have come, as it were now, to the end of chapter one of this story. No, not chapter one of Genesis, but chapter one of the story of the whole Bible. Okay, because now we are going to move into chapter two, not not today, the next teaching by the grace of God. We are going to move into chapter two, just like when you take a, a story, you finish chapter one, and we are going to go into chapter two. But before we move on, let's put it all together just in an outline from what we have seen so far, what we have read so far, what we have received so far, what has been revealed to us so far about this story. We have seen so far, what have we seen so far? We see God who is the sovereign king. That's the first thing we see in the story that has unfolded in chapter one of the story. We saw God who is a sovereign king. And in Genesis chapter one and two, God inaugurated his kingdom on earth, his government, his rule. Then God created human to be an important and essential part of this kingdom. So we saw God who is sovereign king. 
We saw God who inaugurated his king, his government, his rule on earth. And then God created human. God created Adam and Eve to be an important and essential part of this kingdom. He created them in his own image. He created them after his own likeness. God gave them kingdom position and God gave them kingdom dominion. And God, and they were both priests and kings in this God's kingdom. And this is what we see in the beginning. God created human to be important and essential part of this kingdom. God created them in his image and after his likeness so they can have fellowship and communion with God. God gave them kingdom position and God gave them kingdom dominion. And both of them were priests and kings in God's kingdom. Then our focus shifted from the whole creation to Eden. And we look at Eden as a microcosm of the whole creation. Creation and more, more especially, more specifically Eden we saw was God's temple, God's sanctuary. That there in Eden, the presence of God was. There in Eden, we saw the presence of God. And from there, from there, God directed the affairs of his kingdom. And we also saw that the basis of relationship in God's kingdom is covenant. So what we've seen, we've seen the concept of kingdom. We see the concept of covenant and we see the concept of temple. Now let's put that on the screen. We've seen this picture before and this show us in a, in, in a very graphic form, the, the concept that we have seen in chapter one of our story, that is in Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two, we saw the concept of kingdom, we saw the concept of covenant, and we saw the concept of temple. And that is what we have seen in this <laughs> various teaching that we have um, in this story of the beginning. So as we go on in this series, I want us to just keep our eyes out for these three concepts, the concept of kingdom. Kingdom talk about people. Obviously, God as the sovereign king himself. And then we, as the people of God, starting from, from Eden, Adam and Eve, and then as we move on in, in the story. So look out for this concept, the concept of kingdom. That's, that's talk about people. Okay, that talk about people, the co concept of covenant. That talks about relationship, communion, fellowship, interaction, and also the concept of temple. That talks about geography. That talks about places. That talks about location, okay? There's the concept of people, that is kingdom. There's concept of relationship, that is covenant. And there's concept of location, and that is temple. So in Eden, God dwelt with his people in his temple, in a loving, loyal, faithful happily ever after relationship. Because remember what we said about covenant? Covenant is meant for eternity. So what we see in Eden is the fact that God dwells with his people in his temple, in a loving, loyal, faithful, happily ever after relationship. And this is, I've just, you know, put together those three concepts, the concept of kingdom, the concept of covenant, and the concept of Temple. So we saw in Eden, I'm repeating myself, that God dwell with his people in his temple, in a loving, loyal, faithful, happily ever after relationship. And this is what kingdom is all about. Inside that kingdom, 
his covenant, his temple. This is creation as God designed it to be at the beginning. Obviously, things did go wrong, but this is creation as it is going to be. It is God dwelling with his people in his temple, in a loving lawyer, happily ever after relationship. I want you to remember that, okay? I want you to remember that. As we have seen, Adam and Eve's commission as God's image is to reflect God's kingdom on earth and to extend the geographical boundary of Eden Garden until it covers the whole earth. Because as J.K.B. have said, God's ultimate goal in creation was to magnify his glory throughout the earth by means of his faithful image bearers inhabiting the world in obedience to the divine mandate. But they failed. Adam and Eve failed in the task that God has committed into their hands. And that is going to be the focus of the next chapter of the story. That, by the grace of God, will be the focus of the next teaching. The fact that they failed. They failed in the task. They failed in the thing that God has commissioned them to do. They failed in this task that God committed into their hand. But let us remember that the will of God, the design for which God created all things in the first place is what we saw in Eden, in Eden. In Eden, God dwells with his people, you know, yes, I'm repeating it. God dwells with his people in his temple, in a loving, loyal, faithful, happily ever after relationship. That is creation as God designed it. And that is creation as is going to be even at the end of the world. This is creation as it is going to be. God is going to make all things new. Hallelujah. And if you are listening to me, I want you to understand that this creation is going somewhere. And God has made a provision in the cross and the person of our Lord Jesus Christ for you and I to be a member of this happily ever after kingdom that that's going to be here for eternity. And the only way you can enter that kingdom, the Bible says that except a man, a woman be born again, he cannot see, he cannot enter the kingdom. And the way to be born again is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, is invite him to be your God, to be your Lord. Okay, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, you have to believe that Jesus is who he said he is. He is the Messiah is the Savior, is the Redeemer. And when you accept Him, He will apply the cross to your life and you will be born again. That, that deadness inside of you will be taken off and a new life will be born inside of you and you become a son and a daughter of God and He will walk with you. And when this is all over, you will spend eternity with Him in the new heaven and new earth. Do it today. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.